Good morning, Kavanaugh. Everybody back there, get your coffee and come on in. Let's stand up and worship with my feet are on the rock. Amen. have a seat. Hey, thanks for that song. Wow, I love that. Hey, that rock is Jesus. Today we're here to celebrate new life in Jesus. The resurrection, guys, it changes everything. It changes everything. So we're going to worship our Savior today. And, and let me just tell you this. Uh, the disciples, when Jesus was on this earth and they were following him around, they didn't understand when he told them he was going to die. And then be resurrected from the grave. They didn't get it. But after the resurrection, they got it. Amen. 
And then there was no backing down. There was no stopping them. They, they even counted it a privilege if they were uh, persecuted, if they were thrown in jail or beaten for telling people about Jesus. They wouldn't stop. So guess what? Don't let anything stop your praise. Don't let anything stop you from making Jesus known because the resurrection changes everything, right? Hey, we want to welcome you to Kavanaugh. If you're a guest, we're so glad you're here. We want to connect with you after service is over. We have a connect counter, so please stop by and see us. And now, a word from our pastor, okay? Amen. Good deal. Welcome, guys. Glad you're here. For those online, thank you for uh, joining us. Adopt a missionary kid. It has started, right? It's already started. There, there, are, uh, there are 65 uh, missionary children serving across the world, and we have adopted all 65 of them, plus 20 kids from Puerto Rico that we are providing Christmas for, and you have been so generous to give, and we're starting to see some of our kids who are on furlough come and join us, and we have the Spear family with us. Johnny, bring Daniel and his kiddos up here. Kate, uh, the, the wife, was not able to come this morning because their 10-month-old baby boy, Owen, got sick last night, and we hate that. So uh, Kate is back at the uh, hotel with Owen, but Daniel's here. Daniel, how are you, buddy? Glad you're, you're with us. Audrey is with us today, and Anna Lee is here. We are so glad that you guys are with us. Kavanaugh Church, welcome the Spear family. Johnny, you had a chance to uh, spend the weekend with these guys, and uh, these girls have gone shopping for Christmas. Nothing like Christmas in November, you know? And, uh, and I know y'all have had a great, great time so far. We're just so glad that you're here. The unique thing about this, this young, beautiful family is that Kate, who's not with us, was actually raised in Japan. Uh, her, her parents are the McDonald's career missionaries. And so Kate uh, grew up in, in the culture, came back to uh, Free Will Baptist Bible College, which is Welch, met Daniel. They fell in love, got married, and she drugged Daniel back to Japan with her. And now they're missionaries to Japan. In fact, uh, just this year, our IM board uh, appointed Kate and Daniel as career missionaries. And so they're about to take these kids back to Japan. And uh, Daniel, tell us just a moment uh, where y'all are going to be and what you're going to be up to. Would you do that? Sure. Be glad to. Yeah. Uh, so we're actually, before we've, we've spent two years on the term uh, or on the field, uh, two short terms on the field. So we were there for two years the first time and two and a half years the second time. But we were just outside of Tokyo, Japan. So 37 million people, largest city in the world. But this time, we're planning to go up north to the northern island of Hokkaido. So uh, if you know anything about Japan, it's cold. It's going to be very cold. It's going to be a big change for me. I was born and raised in the south, and uh, I wanted to keep it that way. But the Lord, Lord had other plans. And uh, so I'm going to have to get used to that, but I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going to be just outside of Japan's fifth largest city there, and that's uh, Sapporo. And uh, so we're going to be working with the Bishop family and uh, putting together a new team. We're very excited about that. The, the church that we're going to, uh, it used to be called Miharashidai Chapel. And Kate's parents actually were involved when that church was planted. But over time, it dwindled down to just a few people. Doug and Miriam were there. We asked if we could join up with them. So we're going back with a fresh vision 
And uh, we're just praying that the Lord would work and move in that church plant there. The name, actually, uh, Jason talked about the new life that we have in Christ. And the name of the church plant is actually going to be New Life Church mm -hmm. there in Japan. And we're praying that the Japanese people would find new life. Second largest unreached people group in the world. There's still just a tremendous need to send missionaries so that they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ and the resurrection and all the hope that we have in him. So, Amen. Thank yeah. you, buddy. Glad Thank you're you. doing that. And um, let me explain again what Adopt-A-Missionary Kid is all about. We've adopted these kids of our missionaries, and we're just going to love on them. Ten, ten foreign missionary families are on furlough during the month of December, and all ten of them are coming to Kavanaugh at some point. Nine, nine families for sure are coming during the month of November and December, and we just get to love on these kids and let them know that, you know what, they're special. They are sacrificing just like their moms and dads to serve Jesus on a foreign field and in a different culture. And they need to know that people like you and churches like ours love them and support them. So we're so proud of you guys. And, uh, and when you go back and, and see all your other missionary friends, tell them you got to do something special. You got to go shopping in Fort Smith, Arkansas. <laughs> and get some really cool stuff. So give them one more big hand. The girls are going to go back. The girls are going to go back with uh, Brother Johnny to Kids Church. And uh, after service, if you'd like to, Daniel is going to be available at the Connect counter. You can ask him any questions you'd like to ask him, all right? Pray with me, would you? Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for this glorious day. I pray a blessing on this service and all that we do in praise to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand back up and let's sing together.
worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. 
to be overcome by your presence, Lord. I love that line, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. And as I was thinking of that this morning early, one of my favorite verses came to mind. And it's Psalms 27, 4. And it says, one thing I ask of the Lord, one thing I seek most, what I desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David knew what it was to have joy in the house of the Lord. To me, that's worship. Just to be able to be still and to be in God's presence and to be in his house and just to gaze upon him. We're in God's house this morning. Let's gaze on him. He's here this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord.
Thank you, praise team. Give them a big hand, would you? They do a great job every week. It is fantastic. Glad you're here today. Glad you're in the Lord's house. Man, what a, what a great family, the Spear family. And uh, I'm excited about the other missionary families who are going to be coming through the month of December. It is going to be fantastic. Hey, over the past few weeks, I've been talking about uh, our arch enemy, the devil, Satan. Uh, he was called Lucifer, the morning star. Uh, we've talked about uh, Satan, the devil. We've talked about demons. Uh, we've talked a whole lot about hell. And I'm just sick and tired of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to get us out of hell and uh, into something a little bit better. So today, let's go from uh, having talked about the devil and hell to talk about God and heaven. That sound okay? Can we do that? I think that's a really good transition to go from hell to heaven, from the devil to God. Are you with me? Yes. So today we're going to talk about heaven and talk about God. The Bible has a whole lot to say about heaven, the new heavens and the new earth, uh, but it's really hard for us to wrap our minds around what heaven is really going to be like. Uh, what, so whatever you think about heaven right now, what, whatever your wildest imagination or dream about how great it's going to be, can I tell you right now, you're not even close, right? Heaven, heaven is so great, so perfect, that we really can't even grasp or comprehend it. But today we're going to stretch our brains a little bit in order to understand more about heaven and what we're going to experience. So let me begin by asking you a question. What is the goal of your salvation? Why did you give your heart to Jesus? Why, why did you decide to get saved? What's the point of salvation? Now, if you're a thinker, some of you are saying, well, because I wanted my sins forgiven. Anybody with me? Well, you ought to all be with me because I, I know some of y'all, and you got a pretty long list. So salvation is to take our sins away, right? And if that's what you're saying, you're absolutely right. What about this? The reason I got saved is so that I can go to heaven. It, and Jesus is the only way to heaven. So I think that's a valid reason for you to be saved. What, or what about this one? I got saved so that I can experience a little bit of peace and joy in this world of sorrow and trouble. That's part of it as well. But how would Jesus answer that question? What, what would Jesus say to the question, what is the goal of salvation? Well, you know what? We, we really don't have to wonder because he spoke on that subject. In his high priestly prayer in John's Gospel, chapter 17, Jesus prayed to the Father and said this, and this is eternal life. This is what eternal life is all about. This is why a person gets saved. What is it? This is eternal life. That they, which is you, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So listen to me, Jesus says that eternal life is all about having an intimate relationship with the one and only true God and his son, Jesus Christ. And I really believe to some degree we get that. When we talk about getting saved, we talk about us coming to Jesus Christ. We come to Christ. 
And the Holy Spirit moves in our hearts and changes us. And the Holy Spirit makes it possible for us to talk with God and Him to listen to us. The Holy Spirit makes Christ real to us. And we do have this relationship with God. We experience the Lord. And there are sometimes when I come in here to, to big church to worship in the second service, and man, I can just feel God all over this place. You know what I'm talking about? And I would say I sit there and sing, but I, we don't sit in first service. We stand in first, second service, and we're standing here, and we're worshiping, and we're singing, and I can just sense the presence of God in this place. He's here. It's like he's right beside me. There are days, mornings, when I'm reading my Bible in the morning and drinking coffee, and, and, and I'm reading the Word of God, and Jason, it's the craziest thing. It's as if God jumps off the page of the Bible, and he's speaking directly into my heart. And I can feel his presence in my living room. There are times when I'm, I'm praying to him, whether it's at home or in the car or in here, and, and it's like... Jesus, God is just standing right in front of me, and we're having this dialogue, this conversation. I can feel him. And there are times that, that I face trouble and pain and sorrow and hurt, and, and it's just like God couches right up next to me, and he puts his arm around me, and he says, Will, you're not doing this by yourself. I'm with you. And I can feel him. I can experience him. Anybody? Anybody? But you know what? There are other times when it ain't like that, man. There are sometimes I'm in here on a Sunday morning and I'm standing there and I'm hearing all this singing going on, but, but I don't really feel like God is with me. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, do the rest of you feel this like I'm feeling it? There are times, Daniel, there are times I'm sitting there reading the Word of God and it's just like, it's just like words on a piece of paper. That, that's all there is. There are times I'm talking to God and praying and it feels like it's just a one-way conversation. There have been times when I have faced pain and struggle and agony and torment and it feels like I'm all by myself. And I'm wondering, where are you, God? Now, let's just be real. Haven't you experienced that as well? I know in my head that he is with me, but I just can't feel it. What's up with that? Well, I want to assure you that when Jesus said, this is eternal life, that you may know the only true God and Jesus Christ, his son. When God said that, when Jesus said that, he spoke truth. Because that's what eternal life is. Having a personal relationship, an intimate relationship with the one and only true God and his son Jesus. And we can know God right now. We can experience God here on this earth. But... There are some days when that's just difficult to do. Some days it's difficult to feel close to God. Why is that? Because we live in a world of sin. This is a fallen world. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, 
We read that passage where Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're fighting against powers and principalities and evil forces in the universe. There is sin in this world, and because of that sin, sometimes it taints our relationships with other people and with God. God hasn't changed. God is still there, but sometimes I allow the stuff of the world and the sin of this world to seep into my system, and it pushes me away from God. It's a dangerous place to be, but you know what? It's reality. God hasn't gone anywhere, but sometimes we're backing up. The, the fact of the matter is you can have a relationship with God right now. You can experience God right now, but it is nothing compared to what it's going to be on the day in which we are with him. And this is what we will experience in the new heaven and the new earth. T today I want to talk to you just for a moment about what it's going to be like on the day when we are face to face with God. T today I want to talk about what makes heaven heaven, and that is God. And in order to do that, we're going to go to Revelation chapter 21. Just look at two verses and then we'll go on to Revelation 22 at the end of the sermon. Here we are, Revelation 21, 3 and 4. John said, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for all the former things have passed away. How about a big amen about that? Hallelujah. Today I want to show you three ways in which we will experience God differently than we do now. When we get to heaven, we're going to experience God in a new way. We will experience, first of all, the true presence of God. Look with me again at verse 3, Revelation chapter 21. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and God will dwell with us, and we will be his people, and God himself will be with us, and God is going to be our God. Now, the dwelling of God with his people is a theme or a motif that runs throughout the word of God. Remember when the Israelites leapt left Egyptian captivity, and they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, God's presence was with them. It was in the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, but God had them build him a tent, a tabernacle, and he inhabited that tent. It, it, was, it was a mobile worship station, all right? And God filled that tent. When God's people made it into the promised land, he had them build a temple in Jerusalem. And God's presence filled that temple in Jerusalem. But generally speaking, the presence of God was limited to those two structures, that tent in the wilderness and the temple in Jerusalem. You fast forward to the New Testament and Jesus was born. Remember what John chapter 1 verse 14 says? 
it says that the word, and it's a capital word, capital W, the word, that's Jesus, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. So for the very first time in all of history, people saw God, but they saw him in the person of Jesus Christ. Yet the presence of God was limited by the physical body of Jesus. And we know what Jesus did at age 33. He died on Calvary's cross, was buried in a tomb, but three days later, he was resurrected. He rose from the grave and ascended back to heaven. And what did God do? He sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit indwells the hearts of all believers. And the Bible says that at this point in time, we have become the temple of God. So your body, raise your hand if you're alive with me right now. Raise your hand. I want to see that you're alive. You have become the temple of God. If you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God moves into your life, and you have become the temple of God. But you know what? That presence of God is limited to us who are believers, Sure, we know that God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, everywhere, present at the same time. But he is not experienced everywhere because we are sinful and we live in a sinful world. But there's coming a day when God himself is going to dwell with us. And every square inch of the new heavens and the new earth will pulsate in a visible way with the presence of Almighty God. Look with me again at, at verse number three. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. God's going to dwell with us. We're going to be his people. God himself is going to be with us. His presence will be with us. And he is going to be our God. What a day that will be. What an amazing day that's going to be. Right now we sin. And the presence of God doesn't seem like it's real to us at times. But, but what an amazing thing it's going to be. When we are so cured of our sin disease. That we will experience the unlimited presence of almighty God every second of our existence in the new heavens and the new earth. Thank you, Jason. That is awesome. That's awesome. You're going to experience God like you've never experienced him before. But there's something else. And number two, you're going to experience the tender care of God. Verse 4a is an amazing little verse. It says, and God is going to wipe away every tear, every tear from your eye. Literally, God is going to wipe away every single tear. And, and I want you to know this is something that, that God takes very personally. God knows when his children cry, and God knows why we cry. I believe that God has a record of every tear that you've ever shed. God has kept count of every tear that is rolled off your cheek. And God knows what's making you cry. Uh, we're, we're doing Adopt-A-Missionary Kids. I love kids, don't y'all? Yes. 
They're awesome. I, what I found out is grandkids are even awesomer. Yeah. And, 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 and there's this amazing relationship that a mama has with her baby that, that you know, I can see, but I, I really can't. I've never been able to experience it, but I've, I've seen it. A mama is so connected with her little baby that mama knows not just that that's my kid crying. She knows why her kid is crying. There's a different cry. There's, there's a pain cry, isn't there? There's, there's a cry that says, I'm hungry. There's a cry that says, I'm mad. There's a cry that says, I need my diaper changed. Yeah. And a mama can distinguish all of those cries from her baby, and she's able to meet the needs of each of those cries. And if a mama can do that, can you even begin to imagine what a God can do? Because we're his kids, we're his children. He knows why we cry and when we cry. And you know what? Most of the time, most of the time when we cry, there's nobody to wipe away our tears. Danny, it's been a long time since somebody's wiped my tear from my cheek. You know why? Because y'all don't care. That's what I've decided. Y'all just don't care when I cry. And Jason, I don't know what it is. It's, it's old age, I think. But I've, I've, always kind of, I've always kind of been a little tenderhearted, a little bit. You know, there's, I, there's, a, there's a hard shell here. But I've always had a little tender heart. But I'm becoming more tender. I mean, I'll, I'll cry at a good joke right now. It's old age, I guess. Every funeral I go to, I, I shed tears. I, I cry. But you know what? You know what? Right now, when I cry, nope, there's nobody there. Gary, there's nobody there who's going to reach over and dry that tear for me. Nobody. She says, sorry. Sorry, you're on your own. But you know what? God's going to do it. Now, I really don't know how he's going to manage to do this because there are going to be millions and millions of believers in heaven. How, how in the world is God going to deal this tenderly and personally with, with each one of us? I don't know. I do not know. But I know this is true. I know this is not false advertising. God's going to do it. Somehow you and I as believers will experience the personal, unconditional, un unconditional care of God as he tenderly wipes away our tears from our eyes and all the heartaches that we've had in this life. And we've had a few because life is tough. It's tough. And you know what? We knew it was going to be tough. Because doctor, when you deliver babies and they come out of their mama's womb, what's the first thing that happens to that little baby? Whack. They get a spanking on the rear end, and they what? They cry. Well, dude, if it all starts with that, if it all starts with crying, let me tell you, it's downhill at that point. We all will experience difficulties and struggles in this world. That's why the Bible tells us we need to learn to persevere. Because the race that we're running is hard. 
We may step into heaven with tears running down our cheeks, but I'm here to tell you, church, that will be the last tear that we shed. Why? Because God's going to wipe it away. And look at what it says in verse 4b. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for all of the former things have passed away. You see, church, sin is the root of all of these things. Sin is the root of death and sorrow and mourning and crying and pain. But sin and death have been defeated by Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And in that day, we and all the universe we inhabit will be completely cured of our sin disease. And John says more about this in Revelation chapter 22 as, as he continues to unveil more of this vision of the new heaven and the new earth and what it means for our relationship with God. So let's jump over to chapter 22, verses 3 and 4. And there shall be no more curse, John says, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face and his name, his name, shall be on our foreheads. Let me jump into this by talking about that curse. Because it begins by saying, there shall be no more curse. So what's the curse? The curse is the effect of sin on us and in the universe that we inhabit. That is why God's redemptive activity isn't complete until we have received new bodies in which we will inhabit in the new heavens and on the new earth. No more curse of sin. There, there will be no more sin. Sin will be gone so that we can experience God like never before. And we will be able to feel his tender mercy and his compassion as he wipes away our tears. But that's not all. There's one more thing we're going to experience. Number three, we will have a total vision of God. Again, Revelation 22, verse 4. They shall see his face. That is, those of us who have been redeemed, washed in the blood of Jesus, we will behold the face of God. Now, in the Old Testament, the general rule was, if you saw God, you died. Even when the great Moses asked to see the face of God, here's how God responded in Exodus chapter 33. You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And generally speaking, that's the way it was in the Old Testament. But then we come to the New Testament, and things begin to change. Remember that when Christ came, we saw the glory of the one, the one and only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we saw God in Jesus Christ. And in the Word and by the Holy Spirit, we see Christ, but we only see him by faith. 1 Peter 1.8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I've never seen God. I haven't even seen Jesus Christ. But by faith, I believe 
I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. And so by faith, I have experienced him. And you know what it brings me? This joy that I can't express to you and this great glory that comes over me. But, but you know what? I really think that is a taste of the, the joy that we experience when we see him face to face. It's going to be something amazing. And again, that, that's part of our dilemma today. We want so much to be with God, to see God, but we're just quite not there. Deep inside of us, we feel as David felt over in Psalm 42. Remember David's prayer? As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and be with God. Listen, church, that's a very accurate description of the dilemma that you and I face right now. Our soul is thirsting for God, for the living God. Deep down inside of us, there is this longing to be with God. Why, why is that? Because Virgil, God made us that way. God made us with this God-shaped hole or void in our heart. And the only thing that can satisfy that void, that emptiness, that hole, is money. Old cars, guns, houses, clothing. No, the only thing that can satisfy that God-shaped void is God himself. Because God created us. And we have this vast need for a relationship with him. It's like, it's like we're homesick for God. And we say with David, when can I go and be with God? Now, don't get me wrong. When we put our faith in Jesus, we know God now. We have a personal relationship with him right now. We can walk with him and we can talk with him. His presence is, is real with us. It's available to us. He does satisfy our soul as much as this perishable body can take, as much as we can experience him with this downward drag of sin that's pulling us back. But can you imagine that day when sin is no longer going to have an effect on us? And we're not only going to be in his presence, but we're going to see his face clearly. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. He says, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see him face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Back in Paul's day, they didn't have mirrors like we have them now. So their mirror would be maybe a, a piece of metal, and, and it was clouded. They, they, they really couldn't see themselves clearly. And, and Paul is saying, that, that's how it is in my relationship with God. I, I, I don't have a clear view of him. But one day we will. When we get to heaven, we're going to see him face to face. Again, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 4, John tells us his name is going to be on our forehead. Now, you might think that's kind of weird, but not really, because it's a seal of ownership. 
God's name is going to be on our forehead so that he can identify us as one of his. And in that day, he's going to say, yep, that one's mine. That one's mine. You're mine. Come on, let's spend eternity together. And we will be with him face to face. Today is uh, November 21. It's 11-21-21. Do you know that? Pretty cool. In one month and one day, on December 22nd, which is a Wednesday night, we're going to have the kids' Christmas program. Miss Jan, you going to be ready? Been working with those kids, and, and it's always an exciting time. I love it when they do the kids' Christmas program. Here's, here's what I know, Jason. On that Wednesday night, uh, parents are going to get here early because they want the good seats right down here on the front. And, and grandparents who, because of COVID, like their space and they don't want people close to them, they're going to be crammed in like sardines on that night. And all eyes are going to be on these little angels up here on the stage. And it's always great, man. It's always cool to see these kids. Uh, got all kinds. We have the little boy picking his nose. Okay? We'll have the little girl doing a jig, <laughs> singing louder. And, 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 you know, these parents, they're going to be looking at all these kids, and they're going to be impressed. They're going to they're be happy to see the whole choir. But you know what? Their eyes are looking for the one. The one that's theirs. And all this is going to be going on around them, and they're going to see everything peripherally, but they're going to be focused on theirs. That one's mine. Are you with me? One day, God is going to look out there and say, that one's mine, because you're going to have his mark on your forehead and on that day you're going to be in the presence of God he's he's going to tenderly wipe away all your tears Jason all the sorrow you've had it's going to be gone and you're going to get to see God face to face you know what I want that I want that for you more than anything else I want you to go to heaven and experience this real relationship with God because that's why he made you to spend eternity with, with you. So if you've never accepted Jesus and his free gift of salvation, would you do that today? Just come and give him your heart, give him your life. Have your name written in the Lamb's book of life so that one day you can totally experience him. If there's a Christian here today and you've allowed some kind of sin to separate you and God, something, something you've allowed in your life that's hindering your worship and your relationship with God, whatever that thing is, let me tell you, it ain't worth it. You need to confess it and come clean of it and restore your relationship with him. And the rest of us, let's just come and, and ask God to be with our family members and our kids that aren't saved so that they can experience God in heaven forever. Heavenly Father, would you, would you help that to happen today in our hearts? Help us to come by faith and receive your gift of salvation. Lord, for those who are struggling with, with sin in their life, I pray that they would come and, and just confess their sins to you and have you forgive them.
of all of their sins and not hold it against them any longer. Lord, for those who are just struggling and having a hard time, may we come and ask for your grace and your strength and your help in our life right now. Lord, do something amazing in this service. Work in a very special way in every heart that is present. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? We're going to sing and worship God. And as we sing, would you come and pray? Altars are open. Come right now. seated just for a moment. Thanks for being here today. Uh, when you leave and walk out, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. And if you're giving to adopt a missionary kid, make sure you note that either on the envelope or on your check. Uh, we're doing pretty good. I had a goal of 30000 26 has already been raised. Uh, just keep giving uh, because what you give is going to go directly to these missionary kids and uh, it's a pretty cool thing, as you've already seen. Uh, through the month of December, we're going to have multiple missionaries who are here on furlough to join us at Kavanaugh Church. It's just going to be an awesome time. Right now, Daniel is back at the Connect counter. If you want to 
learn more about his family or what's going on in Japan, stop by and visit with him. Tonight at 6.30, Brother Johnny's going to teach a Bible lesson, so tune in to Facebook Live. And then 7 o'clock on Tuesday, not Wednesday, but Tuesday of this week, we're going to meet together and have the Lord's Supper. Why, Why on Tuesday? This is Thanksgiving week, and it's kind of a tradition. We don't have Wednesday night church. We do communion on Tuesday night. So come. Not going to be a long service, maybe 30, 35 minutes, but we're going to take the Lord's Supper together and have a great celebration. Then on Thursday, you can pig out, right, and uh, have a good time with your family. I want you to know that your love, God loves you, and uh, he cares for you. He, he really does. He knows when you cry and why you cry. And he can take those tears away. Have a great week. You're dismissed.